guys, welcome to Trinity Church Online. For more information, please visit us at ourtrinity.org or you can find us on Facebook at Trinity Church of Wheat Ridge or even on Instagram at Trinity Church CO. No matter where you are today, we are glad that you have joined us here. Where's freedom? Where's Jesus? That means you are free. You have been set free. And uh, we're not going to celebrate uh, Palm Sunday today, but we are going to talk about somebody who really needed the Lord and uh, abandoned Him. We're going to continue our study in Judges. We're going to be looking at Samson today. We're going to be in the 13th through 16th chapters of Judges. You'll see our notes there in your bulletin. We'd encourage you to follow along as the PowerPoint gives those answers to us up there. Now, God gave Samson 20 years. I want you to stop and think about this. How many of you have been in this church at least 20 years? All right. How many of you have not been in this church for at least 20 years? Now, think back 20 years ago. What was going on in your life? I wasn't here 20 years ago. <laughs> now stop and think about it. He had 20 years to judge and to overcome the enemy Philistines. But instead, he was the one that was overcome in the end. And later, Paul warns us what Samson should have heeded. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27 says, But I discipline my body, and I bring it into subjection, lest when I preach to others, I myself might be a castaway, I will be disqualified. Or 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12, and it says, Let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. Those are the words that Samson should have had on his heart. But today we're going to trace the steps that led to his tragic end. Let's bow together. You know, we have songs that tell us to be, to dare to be a Daniel. But there's no songs telling us dare to be a Samson. Here is this wonderful, strong man. Burning fields, slaughtering people with a jawbone. But Lord, he didn't overcome the Philistines. He himself was overcome. So, Lord, as we work through this, especially I want to pray this for the, for the young people that are here today, even those in their 20s and their 30s, that, Father, it's easy for us to be overcome. It's easy for our church to be overcome by the ways of the world and the distractions that are around us. So, Lord, as we come to these chapters in Judges, that we would trace those steps that really brought Samson to his tragic end, that, Father, we will not repeat those 
tragic steps. That we will not ourselves come to that tragic end. So Lord, help us to put everything aside, all the distractions, all the things that we might be thinking about, and bring us to yourself. Bring us to your spirit. Bring us to your word. Teach us. Change us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the first thing we want to look at today is that he despised his heritage. This is the first step which led to his tragic end. He despised his heritage. Let's go to Judges 13. We're going to be going through several passages. I want you to follow along with me. Chapter 13, verse 1, again, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. You see that over and over and over again. And the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. Now, there was a certain man from Zorah of the family of the Danites, whose name was Manoah, and his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord, now this is Jesus Christ. Whenever you see the angel of the Lord, it's probably Jesus Christ himself that's appearing. Not as Jesus as we know him, but as the, as the Son of God. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Indeed now, you are barren and have borne no children, but you shall conceive and bear son. Now therefore, please be careful not to drink wine or any similar drink, and to not eat anything unclean. For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God. From the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Now turn over to verse 8. Then Manoah prayed to the Lord. Would you underline that? Tells you the kind of parent that he was. And he said, O my Lord, please let the man of God whom you sent come again and teach us, underline this next statement, and teach us what we shall do for the child who will be born. And God listened to the voice of Manoah, and the angel of God came to the woman again as she was sitting in the field, but Manoah, her husband, was not with her. Then the woman ran in haste and told her husband and said to him, Look, the man who came to me the other day has just now appeared to me. So Manoah arose, followed his wife, then, and when he came to the man, he said to him, Are you the man who spoke this to the woman? And he said, I am. And Manoah said, now let your words come to pass. Underline this next statement again. What will be the boy's rule of his life and his work? Have you ever prayed that about your children? Your grandchildren? Drop down to verse 24. So the woman bore a son and called his name Samson, and the child grew, and the Lord blessed him, and the Spirit of the Lord began to move upon him. So Samson was born to a godly home, to godly parents who believed in prayer. And he was a special gift to the nation of Israel to deliver them from the hands of the Philistines. Now, he had a father who prayed. We see that in verse 8. Father, teach us what we should do with this child. And then again in verse 12, he prays, what will be the rule of his life? What will be the work that you have for him? So his parents had a reverence for God, and they tried to instruct their child in that same reverence and respect, instill that into their son. And they brought offerings to God, and they began to believe God for the promise that God had made to them. So God 
gave birth to Samson, and he gave him a great body, he gave him a great endowment of the Holy Spirit, great strength, and God called Samson to be a Nazarite, which means a separated one. Now, look at you, you around there. Did you know that you know, you're not Samson, I'm not Samson, uh, I'm not a, a Nazarite, but we've all been separated unto God. We've all been sanctified, set apart. Now, Samson was set apart for a specific purpose, but you know, so are we. Now, what's interesting here, according to number six, that I want you to pay attention to this, a Nazarite was to never drink strong drink, he was to never come near or touch a dead body, and he was to never cut his hair until the days were fulfilled of why he'd been separated as a Nazarite unto God. Now, what we're going to see as we trace through this story is that Samson despised all of this heritage. Instead of putting himself in a position where he can accomplish God's given task, he chose to please himself. We're going to see it over and over again. Now, here's the lesson for us, and you see it there in your notes as well. It's tragic when God gives a person, especially a young person, when he gives them a wonderful heritage, he gives them a great opportunity, and then they treat it lightly. So I want you to know, what is your heritage? What is your opportunity? And how are you treating it? So first, he despised his heritage. Second, he defied his parents, which also led to his tragic end. Start in the 14th chapter of Judges. Let's begin with verse 1. Now Samson went down. Would you underline that phrase? He went down to Timnah. And he saw a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. So he went up and he told his father and his mother, saying, I have seen a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me as a wife. And then his father and his mother said to him, Is there no woman among the daughters of your own brethren or among all my people that you must go and get a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said to his father, Get her for me, for she pleases me well." But his father and mother did not know that it was of the Lord that he was seeking an occasion to move against the Philistines, for at that time the Philistines had dominion over Israel. Now notice in verse 1 that Samson went down. Not only was this a geographical move, it was also a spiritual move. From here on, we begin to see, because we saw earlier that the Spirit of the Lord began to be upon Samson. But from this time on, we're going to see that even though the Spirit of God came upon him to do something, he started going down. And instead of staying in the borders of Israel and marrying the people that God had said he should marry, he went into the enemy territory, fell in love with a woman that was a total pagan and an ungodly woman. Don't be unequally yoked together with an unbeliever. There's the lesson right there in Samson. Now, he knew the laws of separation. He knew that God said that they were to marry within their own kind and not go outside of the foreign nations to, to, to have this responsibility taken on. But his parents reminded him, and God reminded him, but he despised both his parents as well as God. And notice something here. He told his father. He didn't ask permission. He didn't ask for his father's blessing. He said, Dad, that's the woman. I want her. Get her for me. So in spite of all of this going on to overrule him, God decided that, okay, I'm going to use even this sin in order to take advantage and to destroy the Philistines in verse 4. So what's the lesson here in defying his parents? 
The lesson here is for the Christian people, again, especially for young people, to stop and to consider carefully when they find themselves defying God's word and defying their godly parents. There is a move among our education system today that you do not have to obey your parents. You don't have to follow your parents. In fact, it's better if you don't obey your parents. And there's a separation and and a deliberate attempt to separate families and to isolate your children from the parents. And if you don't believe it, just get your eyes open. But this is the lesson that we need to learn here. So not only did he despise his heritage and defy his parents, he defiled his own body, which also led to his downfall. Let's go to Judges 14. Look at this beginning with verse 5. Are you staying with me so far? So Samson went down, there it is again, to Timnah with his father and his mother and came to the vineyards of Timnah. Now to his surprise, a young lion came roaring against him. And the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he tore the lion apart as one would have torn apart a young goat, though he had nothing in his hand. But he did not tell his father or his mother what he had done. There's a reason. I'm going to explain it why. Then he went down, and he talked with the woman, and she pleased Samson well. And after some time, when he returned to get her, he turned aside, which he should not have done, to see the carcass of the lion. And behold, a swarm of bees and honey were in the carcass of the lion. And he took some of it in his hands, went along eating. And when he came to his father and his mother, he gave them some of them to eat. And they also ate, but he did not tell them that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. Now in those days, the parents arranged for the marriage. And there was a period of months between the time of engagement and the time of the actual marriage. Now, when Samson went down to interact with this young woman that he wanted, he saw a lion. Now, the lion must have charged him because it said it came roaring at him. And all of a sudden, now, by the way, how many of you have ever faced a lion? A real one in the wild. Huh? Oh, at home. Two of them. Okay. My son, when he was 16 years old, faced lions in Africa. He had to stand on a dead one to sew up and hold off the cubs. Now, I've never been there. But he didn't even have a weapon. Samson, with his bare hands, tore this lion apart as one would just tear a young goat. Now, what's interesting here is when he came back, that's when the test came. He found honey in the carcass of the lion. Remember that a Nazarite was to never come near or touch a dead body. If he did, he defiled himself. So Samson deliberately defiled himself for the sake of the honey, for a little bit of sweetness. Then he made a riddle and a joke out of it in order to entertain his friends. 
And we know the story that he put the riddle out, and if the men couldn't solve it, they had to go get 30 pieces of clothes for him. So he, he, these friends called his wife in and, and said, now we will burn you alive and we're going to burn your father's house if you don't entice him to tell us the secret of this riddle that he's given to us so that we don't have to pay the wager. So let's pick up the story in verse 18. So the men of the city said to him on the seventh day before the sun went down, what is sweeter than honey and what is stronger than the lion? And he said to them, if you had not plowed with my heifer, you would not have solved this riddle. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily, and he went down to Ascalon, and he killed 30 of their men, took their apparel, gave the changes of clothing to those who he, who he had explained the riddle. And so his anger was aroused. Did you see that? His anger was aroused. And he went back to his father's house. Now, this was of his own doing. This was not righteous anger here. This was something that he brought on himself after defiling his body. Now the lesson for us here is this. How easy it is for us to break our promises with God for just a little honey. We defile ourselves for a little satisfaction. So he despised his inheritance, his heritage. He defiled and defied his parents, and he defiled his body. Fourth, he disregarded the warning, God's warning. And that also led to his downfall. Let's go take a look at this in chapter 15. You follow along with me so far? Let's go to chapter 15. Let's look at beginning with verse 14. Now, what happened is that He'd been captured, and, you know, after burning the fields of the Philistines by tying the foxes together and burning their fields, and so they, they, they tied him together, and they bound him together. And in verse 14, we read, When he came to Lehi, the Philistines came shouting against him. Then the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. See how God kept, kept coming and giving him strength? And the ropes that were on his arms became like flax that was burned with fire, and his bonds were broke and loose from his hands. And he found a fresh jawbone of a donkey. There it goes. He was not to touch anything dead. So he's defiling himself again. So he takes the jawbone of a donkey, reached out his hand, and took it and killed a thousand men with it. Well, this beats The Rock, it beats Rambo, it beats anything you can think of. I haven't even seen a movie where you got one guy with a jawbone killing a thousand people in any movie. Then Samson said, with the jawbone of a donkey, look at what he's bragging about. Heaps upon heaps, with the jawbone of a donkey, I have slain a thousand men. Where's God in all this? And so it was when he had finished speaking, now notice very carefully in here, that he threw the jawbone from his hand and called that place Ramah-Lehi. Then he became very thirsty, so he cried out to the Lord. Did you understand that's the first recorded prayer of Samson? He only had two of them. And he cries out to the Lord and he said, You have given this great deliverance by the hand of your servant. See, you've done it, but I did it. And now I shall die of thirst and fall to the hand of the uncircumcised. So God split the hollow place 
that is in Lehi, and the water came out, and he drank, and his spirit returned, and he revived. Therefore he called the name Enkakori, which is in Lehi to this day, and he judged Israel for 20 years. Now, here we see Samson, and he gave victory over the Philistines. He burned their fields just before this account by tying the foxes together and having them run through the field. But his own people turned against him. And they bound him. And he was playing with games. He could have broke these fetters any time. Delivered him to the enemy. And he took this jawbone, again, a violation of his covenant as a Nazarite, and he slayed a thousand. Boy, that sounds like... That sounds like victory, man. He, he burned their fields. He's killed a thousand men. Look at Samson. He, he is victorious for God. But then this strong man was utterly exhausted. God brought him to the end of himself. He was going to die of thirst. And here's the first recorded prayer of Samson. And he cries out for God or for water to quench his thirst. And God warns him, and he warns him by showing how weak he really was and how dependent upon God he really was. He hadn't succeeded in this victory. It wasn't him that had burned the fields. It wasn't him that had killed these. It was the power and the Spirit of God, but he didn't recognize it. The Spirit of the Lord had done all the work. And so here's the warning. He, he disregarded it. You need to depend upon me. You're weak. You can't do this in your own power. So the lesson for us here is that we must understand how weak and dependent upon God we really are. So he despised his heritage. He defied his parents. He defiled his body. He disregarded God's warning. Now, number four, he deliberately played with sin. He deliberately played with sin, which led to his downfall. Look at Judges 16.1. Now Samson went to Gaza. Now is Gaza in Israel? Again, should have been, it should be today even. Again, and he saw a harlot. And he went into her. He had a problem with women. And after this, there's another woman. Look at verse 4. And afterward, it happened that he loved a woman in the valley of Socrates, whose name was Delilah. Oh, how many of you have heard of Delilah? Yeah. And lords of the Philistines came to her and said to her, entice him and find out, what kind of a wife is this? How loyal is she? She's more loyal to her nation than she is to her husband and entice him to find out where his great strength lies and by whatever means we may overpower him that we may bind him to affect him and every one of us will give you 1100 pieces of silver every prince we don't know how many there were there are probably hundreds of them now by this time Samson's heart was far from God he despised his heritage, he defied his parents, he defiled his body, he disregarded God's warning. And three times, 
Samson wasn't very bright, but I don't think that was the issue. Three times Delilah enticed him, and three times he lied to her. Now, each time the, the enemy attacked him, now you think he would have learned that he was in danger. But stop and think a minute. How many times do we keep going back to the same sin? How many times do we go back to the same temptation over and over again? Satan knew where Samson's weakness was with women, and he used it over and over again. Now, why did Samson yield? Let's go to Hold on to here. And this is for all the young, young men. <laughs> well, probably middle-aged men too. Maybe even all you old guys out there. Let's go to Proverbs 7. Now, I tell you what, I never saw a passage that described Delilah more than this one. It's the ways of the harlot. Let's go look at Proverbs chapter 7. And I want to tell you, if you have not sat down with your grandson or your son in middle school and high school, you read them this passage <laughs> in college. Now notice this. See if this doesn't describe Delilah to you. With her enticing speech, she caused him to yield. With her flattering lips, she seduced him. Immediately he went after her as an ox goes to the slaughter. Dumb ox. No, I didn't. That scripture didn't say that I did. Or as a fool to the correction of the stocks. Till an arrow struck his liver as a bird hastens to the snare. He did not know it would cost his life. Men, pornography and sex outside of marriage will cost you your life. Now, therefore, listen to me, my children. Pay attention to the words of my mouth. Do not let your heart turn aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths. For she has cast down many wounded, and all who were slain by her were strong men. Did you get that? Her house is the way of hell, to hell descending to the chambers of death. He just played with the situation. He was asleep when he should have been awake. And the rest of the story here in Judges 16 reveals the tragic end of a person who will not allow God to have his way in their life. I'll give you some time to get these things down. Samson does nothing but lose. First, he lost his hair. That which demarked him as being set apart unto God, that which was his strength. He lost his strength. He could no longer do the work of God to destroy the Philistines, he was in their, their control. He lost his sight. He could no longer see. We're going to read that passage in just a minute. 
He lost his liberty to go where he wanted to go. A little child had to lead him because he was now blind. And he lost his usefulness to the Lord. Now he's ending up grinding corn for the enemy instead of fighting God's battles. Where will we end up in the hands of the enemy if we go the same direction? He lost his hair, he lost his strength, lost his sight, lost his liberty, lost his usefulness to God. But greatest of all, Samson lost his testimony. He lost his testimony. He was the laughingstock of the Philistines. How many of you know men of God who were preachers in the pulpit who fell and they lost their testimony? The fish god Dagon was getting all the glory, not the God of Israel. But God gave Samson one more chance to act by faith and to trust God. And it's interesting because it came as a result of his second prayer. The only second time that we see Samson crying out to God. Let's go look at this final passage. We'll look at Judges 16. Let's begin reading at verse 21. Verse 20 just tells us at the end that the Lord had departed. Did you see at the beginning? The Lord came mightily. The Lord came mightily. But now here, in chapter 16, the end of verse 20, the Lord had departed from him. Now I want to tell you something. Let's stop there a minute. This isn't part of what I plan to say. See, the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament came on a person and then could leave. Now, I'm glad I live on this side of the cross because the Holy Spirit comes and we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. You could never lose the Holy Spirit, but you can quench Him so that you're no longer a clean vessel for God to use. But we'll never be like Samson, amen, because of the cross, to lose the Spirit of God. So let's pick up the story in verse 21. Then the Philistines took him, put out his eyes, Brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with the bronze fetters, and he became a grinder in the prison. Just let that soak in. However, the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaven. Now, the lords of the Philistines, now, isn't it interesting? These are the same ones that we see back that enticed Delilah and gave her 1,100 pieces of silver. The lords of the Philistines gathered together to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their God, and to rejoice. And this is what they said. Our God has delivered into our hands Samson, our enemy. How, how many of the enemy can say Satan has delivered that Christian into our hands? Sad. And when the people saw him, they praised their God. For they said, our God has delivered into our hands our enemy, the destroyer of our land, the one who multiplied our death. So it happened when their hearts were merry that they said, let's call for Samson and perform mixed sport of him. How humiliating. So they called for Samson from the prison, and he performed for them so they can humiliate him. And they stationed him between the two pillars, 
Then Samson said to the lad, see, he couldn't even find his way there. The little boy had to lead him because he was blind. He said to the lad who led him by the hand, let me feel the pillars which support the temple so that I can lean on them. Now the temple was full of men and women. All the lords of the Philistines were there, about 3,000 men and women on the roof, watching while Samson performed. Then Samson called to the Lord. Only the second prayer. Then he cried out, called to the Lord, saying, O Lord God, remember me. Guys, no matter where you are, you can do the same prayer. Lord, remember me. I pray. Strengthen me, I pray. Just this once, O God, that I may with one blow take vengeance on the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars which was supported in the temple, and he braced himself against them, one on his right, the other on his left. Then Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. Can I stop there a minute? He should have died with God's people. Who are you going to die with? Who are you going to die with? But he said, let me die with the Philistines. And he pushed with all his might, and the temple fell on the lords and the people who were there. So the dead that he killed at, this de- at his death were more than he had killed in his whole life. Drop down to verse 31, and he had judged Israel for 20 years. There are great lessons for us here. See, Samson illustrates the person who had the power to conquer others, but he could not conquer himself. Couldn't conquer himself. He set the Philistine fields on fire, but he could not quench or control the fires of his own lust. He killed a lion but he could not control his own pleasure or ever put them to death. He is remembered for what he destroyed, not what he built. He lacked discipline. He lacked direction. And you know he had no permanent victory that he left behind. It was up to Samuel and it was up to David to destroy the Philistines. Remember David and Goliath? Goliath was a Philistine. So Samuel, by one prayer, accomplished more than Samson did in 20 years as a judge. So we must learn what Samson did not learn. And we must not follow his steps. Do not despise your heritage. Do not despise it. Do not defy your parents. Do not defile your body. Do not disregard God's warning in your life. And do not deliberately play with sin.
Let's bow together. Father, there, there are just some passages of Scripture that just bring us up short. Just and Father, I especially want to cry out to the children and the middle school and the high schoolers and the college and young career people here today. I don't know that I'd want to be in your culture in the way that you are engaged with it today. How difficult to walk with God. How difficult to take a stand for Jesus. But I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. Do not despise the heritage. Maybe your parents weren't Christians. Maybe you've come to faith on your own. Start a new heritage. Don't defy your parents. Especially if they're godly parents trying to show you the ways of God. Do not despise it. Be careful to defile your body. The world wants to squeeze you out like an orange and then toss you aside. Be weary, be wary of the temptation to sell out for a little honey, a little satisfaction. Don't disregard God's warning even today. Don't make light of it. You cannot fight and live this Christian life on your own. You're utterly dependent upon God. Do not deliberately play with sin. Quit returning to the same temptation and sin. Guard the entry points into your life. Cast yourself upon God. Cry out to him. Unfortunately, Samson only did that twice in his life that we know of. And Lord, this message is for all of us. More men fall in their midlife than we care to admit. And Father, may, may we go back as we conclude today to Paul's warning that Samson should have heeded. That Father, we would discipline our bodies and bring them in subjection, lest when we preach to others, we would be a castaway or disqualified. And let him who thinks he stands Oh, I've got it all together. I've never done anything like that. You know, I'm a holy, righteous person. My family is all good. Let him take heed, lest he fall. So, Lord, bring this home to us. And, Lord, as we begin to gather next week for Easter, that great celebration of the resurrection, it is by that great power of the resurrection that we live because you lived and that we can overcome because you've overcome not only death but sin. So, Lord, teach us your ways, and we'll give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen.